My name is Ryan. I'm one of the pastors here. You can turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 9. While you're doing that, um, I want to tell you a story. There were a, a number of years ago, probably about 10 years ago or so, uh, I was living in China and I went to visit this very remote village in the rural area of, of China. And I, one, one morning I was hiking along and I happened to cross paths with a flock of sheep being led by a shepherd. So here I am, I'm walking along and these sheep are coming. I don't know if you've seen sheep up close before, if you grew up in the suburbs like me, maybe you haven't, but they look like these big giant woolen like cotton balls. You know what I mean? On these like four little kind of skinny toothpick looking legs. And they're just kind of like ambling along. There's nothing intimidating about a sheep, is there? They're just kind of ambling along. And like, I mean, seriously, it seemed like if they were just to go on an all-out full-on sprint, I think my six-year-old daughter might have been able to outrun these sheep. They, again, they were not an intimidating animal. And you know how some animals, when, when you see them, if it's like a squirrel or a dog or something like that, when they see you, they kind of like startle. They give you one of, the, one of those and like, oh my gosh, and they start to run away or something. These sheep could not have been less intimidated by me. They did not care at all. I mean, these sheep just kind of amble on right next to me and they kind of look at me and they're like, and just kind of keep right on walking. These sheep were so chill. These sheep were living their best life. They were relaxed. They were doing great, okay? And then behind them, there was the shepherd. And the shepherd was a teenage boy who, again, was very casually, very relaxed, walking along, following the herd of sheep, the flock of sheep. And every once in a while, when one of the sheep would fall behind a little bit, or maybe one of the sheep would start to veer off the path, the shepherd would just very gently take his staff that was on his, in his hand and just very gently just kind of guide the sheep back in with the rest of the flock. It was a sheep, it was a, a, a herd of sheep, a flock of sheep with a shepherd. And do you know, church family, that in the Bible, when God describes you and when God describes us and our relationship with God, one of the most common images that he uses is we are sheep who need a shepherd. And one of the most common ways that God describes the human condition apart from God is that we are sheep without a shepherd. Look with me in Matthew chapter nine. I wanna read this real quick. Matthew chapter nine, verses 35 through 38. This uh, text is printed in your handout that you got as you came in. You can flip to, towards the back and you'll be able to see that. Matthew 9, 35 through 38. Look at how Jesus describes the people, the normal, everyday, average people, just like you and me, that he was encountering. Matthew 9, starting in verse 35. And Jesus went throughout all the cities and the villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. And when he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. And then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly 
to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. This is the word of God. Let me pray for us and then we'll dive in. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for giving us your word. Thank you for being our shepherd. God, I pray this morning that you would use your Holy Spirit to work in me and in my brothers and sisters that are here. Help us to understand your word. Help us to believe it. Help us to obey it and help us to be able to teach it to others as well. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so sheep with a shepherd or sheep without a shepherd. There's three things we're going to talk about today, and these are all written in your sermon notes as well. Three things we're going to look at. First of all, we're going to look at why sheep need a shepherd. Jesus says that we're sheep who need a shepherd. Why do sheep need a shepherd? Second of all, we're going to look at some of the implications of this image of us being sheep who need a shepherd. What are some of the implications for your life and for my life? And then finally, we're gonna talk about some practical, concrete responses that you can take, that you can make, and that I can make this week to respond to this idea that we are sheep who need a shepherd, okay? So number one, why do sheep need a shepherd? Well, the answer to this question is very easy, very clear, it's not very flattering to those of us who are described as sheep, but the answer to this question, why does sheep need a shepherd, is that a sheep without a shepherd is a dead sheep. A sheep without a shepherd is a dead sheep. Sheep are not an intimidating animal. Jesus looks out at the people, he doesn't say he had compassion on them because they were like mighty majestic stallions who were being kept in small cages. No, he says that they were like sheep without a shepherd. Sheep cannot guide themselves. They cannot feed themselves. They can't find water to drink on their own. And they can't protect themselves. Sheep don't have claws like a bear. They don't have powerful jaws like some dogs or some wolves. And they're not fast so they can escape a predator like a deer or an antelope can. They rely on their shepherd for all of these different things. And that's why Jesus says, when he sees people who are like a sheep without a shepherd, how does he describe them? He says they were harassed and helpless. They were harassed and helpless. Harassed means that they were in trouble. They had gotten themselves in trouble and helpless means that they couldn't do anything about it to get themselves out of trouble. They were harassed and they were helpless like sheep without a shepherd. I saw a news story a number of years ago. This was in 2005 in Turkey. Uh, there's one, one sunny day. I imagine it's sunny, probably sunny, maybe sunny, maybe not. I don't know, whatever. You, you can picture it however you want to. But 2005 in Turkey, there was this flock of 1,500 sheep that were grazing in this grassy pasture and on this hillside in Turkey. Now, there are 1,500 sheep and there were a number of shepherds that were taking care of these sheep. And the shepherds decided that they were going to take a lunch break. A lunch break, right? You've probably taken a lunch break before. 30 minute lunch break, the sheep are fine. They're here, there's 1,500 of them. They have everything they need, food, water, everything. What could go wrong, right? So the shepherds are gone for 30 minutes, they come back, there are no sheep in sight. 
There are no sheep in sight. And what had happened is that while the shepherds were gone on their 30-minute lunch break, one of the sheep had gotten the bright idea to start wandering off in this direction. And he starts walking and walking and walking, and eventually he walks right over a cliff and falls down and dies. Now, that would be bad enough, but it also happened to, to be that some of the other sheep Sheep are also not very intelligent. Some of the other sheep have followed that one sheep and they also walked right off the cliff and died. And before long, all 1,500 of these sheep, which is like the whole livelihood of this village, had walked over that, over that cliff and 500 of them had died. Now, you might be wondering, 1,500 of them walked over a cliff, why did only 500 of them die? Well, the reason is those sheep were so fluffy that when those first 500 sheep fell down and died and they fall, fell off the cliff, the other 1,000 sheep, it was like jumping into this ocean of like woolly pillows, okay? So you had 500 dead sheep, you had 1,000 very confused sheep, and you had a group of shepherds who were in a lot of trouble because they had taken a catastrophic 30-minute lunch break, okay? And that story just illustrates how sheep without, a sheep without a shepherd is a dead sheep. And sheep who do not have shepherds are harassed and they're helpless because sheep need a shepherd. Now, let me talk with you for the next few minutes about what are some of the implications of this. If Jesus is saying it again, this is not, this is the bitter medicine that we need that we come to God's word for. Jesus is describing us with this metaphor that is not flattering. But if it's true, you understanding the fact that you are a sheep who needs a shepherd is going to be the key to experiencing life the way it was meant to be lived. Let me talk to you about two implications about the fact that you and I, just like the people Jesus was looking at 2,000 years ago, are sheep who need a shepherd. Implication number one. And again, I'm just gonna warn you, Jesus is not trying to avoid stepping on our toes. He's trying to help us and guide us and tell us what we need to hear even if it's not necessarily what we want to hear. Implication number one, sheep without a shepherd. If you follow your heart, if you just follow your heart as you go throughout life, if you just follow your heart, you are going to get into trouble. If you just follow your heart, you are going to get into trouble. Do you believe that? A second ago at the tables, we were looking at Isaiah 53. In Isaiah 53, it says that all of us, like sheep, have gone astray. Everyone has turned to his or her own way. So when we start making decisions based on what's right in our eyes, when we start to go off the path that God has set for us and go on our own way, we get ourselves into trouble. The word that the Bible uses for that is going astray, going off the path, going in the wrong direction. A few verses later, we're going to look at this in a couple weeks, in Matthew 10, Jesus uses another word to describe sheep like you and I when we go off on our own direction, when we don't have a shepherd. And that word is lost. 
So sheep who do not have a shepherd, when they go off on, in their own direction, they go astray and they get lost. And when sheep get lost, they can't guide themselves, they can't protect themselves, they can't feed themselves. So they're either going to get themselves in trouble, like walking off a cliff, they're either going to starve because they can't find food, or they're going to be cornered by some predator that they can't defend themselves against. Okay? So if you just follow your heart, then you will get into trouble. The problem is, is that very common in our culture today, we'll hear things like, just follow your heart. Just live your truth. The idea that you should just, the way you make decisions, and this is very common, the way you make decisions, our culture would tell us, is you look inside yourself and you ask the question, what is most authentic to me? What feels most authentic to me? Where is my heart leading me? And whatever is most authentic to you, whatever is your deepest desire, that's how you guide and you direct yourself. The problem is that those sheep were following their hearts. And that sheep, he was following his most authentic self and he followed it right off a cliff. And sometimes for you and for me, the Bible says in Proverbs, there's a way that seems right in the eyes of a man, but in the end, it leads to what? To death. Right? And Jesus doesn't tell us this to try to offend us. He tells us this to try to protect us. Have you guys ever seen the movie, The Lorax? The Dr. Seuss movie, The Lorax? Anybody seen this movie? I'm outing myself as a parent of young children, but I always grew up liking Dr. Seuss. If you've seen the movie, The Lorax, there's this scene that I, I couldn't get out of my mind where the main character who is, he's in the process of cutting down all the trees and just pumping sewage and toxic pollution into all of the rivers. He's just absolutely destroying the habitat and the environment for himself and all the people around him. And all these other characters, these little, whatever the Dr. Seuss animals that aren't real animals, but they kind of have strange, you know what I'm talking about? The Dr. Seuss animals, the weebles or the whatever they're called. They're telling him, no, stop, stop cutting down the trees, leave the trees, we need the trees. And he just doesn't listen. And he keeps on doing this, and he's singing a song. Do you guys know the song that I'm talking about? Have you heard this song before? As he's doing this, he's singing this song. He's saying, how bad can I be? You heard this song before? How bad can I be? I'm just doing what comes naturally. How bad can I be? How bad could I possibly be? And the problem is, as he's saying, well, what could the problem be? I'm just doing what comes naturally. The problem is, what came naturally for him was destroying his home for himself and everybody around him. What comes naturally for a sheep is sometimes walking off a cliff. And what this is telling us is that sometimes what will come naturally for you, what will feel authentic for you, is going to lead to disaster, let me take this one step further. I think maybe the clearest example of this, and again, I'm not saying this to try to be provocative or offensive. I'm saying this because God wants us to be warned. He wants us to be safe. He wants us to be protected. I think one of the clearest examples of this is what has happened with the ways Americans approach sexuality over the past Hundred years. See, in the 1950s and 60s and 70s, there took place what we call what people call the sexual revolution. 
And basically, the sexual revolution was just saying, we're going to throw off all of these, you know, supposedly repressive, puritanical values and ethics and morals, monogamy, marriage, family values, things like that, and we're just going to embrace free love, which basically just means do whatever you want to do with whoever you want to do it, as long as you're all consenting adults, then that's okay. Let me ask a question. Again, regardless of what your personal views might be on sexuality, and by the way, in this church, what we do when it comes to controversial topics like that, nobody cares what I think. Nobody cares what anybody else thinks. What we do is we go to the word of God and we let God's word shed light on controversial or sticky issues like this. But let me ask you this question. You know, sexual revolution in the 60s, now we're 60 years later. How's that been working out for us? Again, just objectively. I'm not saying everything was perfect before the 60s. It definitely wasn't. There were a lot of things that needed to change. But how's that been working out for us, would you say? What do you think? Do you know that before 1960, before the sexual revolution, there were basically two significant STDs that were common and that were affecting people's lives? And both of those were very easily treated with some basic antibiotics. You know that today there's over 30? Do you know that statistically speaking from stats from the WHO, statistically speaking today in this 24 hour period, there will be 1 million new cases of STDs just today in this 24-hour period, and that just from the HIV-AIDS epidemic alone, over 40 million people have died from a disease that people hadn't even heard of before the 70s and the 80s? How do you think we're doing? And again, I know this is tricky to, to think about, but I think, I'm not saying this because I'm trying to make people feel shame or judged or anything like that. We're all sexually broken people. I'm a sexually broken person. But what this shows us is that maybe those values, maybe those teachings, monogamy and marriage and things like that, maybe just maybe that wasn't some oppressive tyrant trying to spoil our fun and control us. Maybe that was a shepherd who was trying to tell us what was good for us. If we just follow our hearts, we're going to get ourselves in trouble. That's number one. Number two, second implication of this. You need a leader. You need a leader. Like I said before, a sheep without a shepherd is a dead sheep. Sheep need shepherds, period. And there's gonna be times in your life, and maybe you're going through this right now, where you're wrestling with an important life decision and you need counsel from a godly leader. Or you're going through a personal or family tragedy and you need comfort or you're confused and you're trying to figure out life and you need somebody to feed you the truth of the word of God. 
Or there's going to be even times, God forbid, where somebody's trying to hurt you or take advantage of you. And you need somebody to protect you. Sheep need a shepherd. And you need to follow a good leader. We get this so twisted sometimes. We think very often that freedom, we sang about freedom in one of those songs that the band did a great job on a, a few minutes ago, talked about b- being free. And we get this so wrong sometimes. We think that freedom means not having any restrictions, not having any leadership, not having any structure, following your own heart. How bad could I possibly be? I'm just doing what comes naturally type of thing. But the truth is that those sheep, remember I told you that when I saw those sheep on that kind of hillside in China, those sheep could not have been less intimidated by me. Those sheep didn't care. I could have torn those sheep apart. They didn't care about me. Why? Because they had a good shepherd that they knew was protecting them. And sheep with a shepherd are free to graze, to drink, to enjoy peace, to enjoy prosperity without fear of predators, without fear of drought, because they have a good, a good shepherd that's taking care of them. Sheep without a shepherd are anything but free. They're harassed and helpless. And, and first of all, mainly, predominantly, we need to follow the good shepherd who is Jesus Christ. We need to submit to him. We need to follow him. We need to trust him. We need to obey him. And one of the ways that Jesus, the good shepherd, shepherds you, shepherds me, shepherds his sheep, is by providing what he calls under-shepherds who were godly men who he appoints as pastors to guide, to comfort, to protect, and to feed you from the word of God. Do you know the word pastor, our English word pastor, it literally just means shepherd. That's what a pastor, not supposed to be a celebrity or an entertainer or something like that. A pastor is supposed to be a shepherd. You need to follow a faithful leader. Now, here's the problem, is that many of you, I know that right now I'm talking to people, many of you, who have experienced and been hurt by false shepherds, by faithless shepherds. Maybe it's somebody who compromised the word of God, or maybe it's somebody who was a hypocrite. They were telling you to do one thing while secretly in their private life, they were living in a completely different way than what they were telling you to do. Or maybe you've been hurt by false shepherds who were narcissistic and arrogant. And everything's fine until you contradict them and then they turn on you. Maybe you're sitting here this morning and you're thinking, follow a leader, really? Look at how much I've been hurt by the leaders in my life. Let me tell you something. In Jesus's day, there were basically two reasons that the people were sheep without a shepherd. The first reason was their own stubbornness them walking away from God. The second reason was that For the most part, all of these so-called shepherds, the leaders that God had appointed, were faithless. They were false shepherds. There were two types of leaders. The first type was the Sadducees in Jesus' time. The Sadducees were the liberals, and they did not mind compromising the word of God and twisting it in whatever way they thought they needed to as long as they were allowed to hold on to power. The other group were the conservatives. They were the Pharisees. And they were real sticklers for the word of God. They did not play games with the word of God. 
but they applied it selfishly and self-righteously without any love or compassion. So Jesus looks out and he sees these people who have been terrorized by terrorized or neglected by these faithless false shepherds and yet his solution is not to say I've got to teach these people how to stop being sheep no his solution is not oh I have compassion on them let me train them to be sheep dogs let me train them to guide themselves no that's not what he says his solution is to provide and to be a faithful shepherd for them. When he sends out his own disciples to lead and to guide people under his authority in uh, chapter 10, verse 16, he doesn't say to them, hey guys, when I found you, you were helpless sheep, and now I've trained you up to be powerful sheep dogs, so go get them. He doesn't say that. He says in Matthew 10, 16, he says, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. After spending time with Jesus, being trained by Jesus, being mentored by Jesus, these leaders of the church, they're still sheep. But now they're sheep with a shepherd. So the solution to false shepherds is not no shepherds, it's faithful shepherds. So if you just follow your heart, you're going to get yourself into trouble. And number two, you need, in order to experience maximum freedom in your life, you need to follow faithful leaders. Well, let's talk about three ways that we can respond to this today. Let me give you three practical ways as we think about we're sheep who need a shepherd, three ways that you can respond practically this week. Number one, embrace your inner sheep. Embrace your inner sheep. How many of you, if somebody said, you know what, man, when I look at you, you just remind me of a helpless sheep. Oh, thank you. Thank you. That really means a lot. You know, that means a lot. We don't like to think of ourselves as helpless and vulnerable sheep. We like to think of ourselves as strong and as powerful. And every once in a while, something happens in our life. Maybe it's a health condition. Maybe it's a family emergency. Maybe it's a personal tragedy. Maybe it's losing a job, whatever it is, where we feel weak and we feel helpless. And maybe some of you right now in a marriage, in a family situation, as you're struggling with what your career path is going to be, maybe you're feeling that way right now, that you're confused, you're feeling anxious, you're feeling helpless and weak. And everything in you, when you feel that way, is going to tell you to suppress that feeling and to tell yourself, that's not who I am. I'm strong. You stand in front of the mirror and say, I'm strong, sheepdog, tiger, wolf, whatever. And you do that. Maybe that's just me. I don't know. I actually don't do that. (laughs) Everything in you is going to want to suppress that. But what Jesus is saying, to embrace your inner sheep. Your problem is not that you are a sheep and you need to stop being a sheep and become something that's more powerful Your problem is that as a sheep, you are weak and helpless on your own, and you need a shepherd. And that means, and listen to me, again, this is offensive, but this is what we need to hear. If you're here this morning and you're going through something that makes you feel 
helpless and weak, that could possibly be God's gift to you. If it reminds you that you need a shepherd and you need to rely on him. Do you guys ever change the wallpaper background of your, of your phone? I do this from time to time. Maybe this week to remind yourself that you are a sheep without, you are a sheep with a shepherd. Maybe this week you change your, your phone wallpaper background to a picture of a sheep. Try to find the most cotton ball looking toothpick legged sheep you can find and put that on your wallpaper background so every time you open your phone, you're reminded, this is me. Thank goodness I have a shepherd. Number one, embrace your inner sheep. Number two, follow faithful shepherds. Follow faithful shepherds. Again, like I said before, there are a lot of wolves. There are a lot of false shepherds. And I know right now that I'm talking to people who have been bitten, who have been hurt by false or faithless shepherds before. But remember, the antidote to false shepherds is not no shepherds, it is faithful shepherds. So submit your life to Jesus. Follow Jesus. Let Jesus guide you. Let Jesus feed you from his word. Let Jesus protect you. Let Jesus comfort you when you're going through something that's difficult. And when you see faithful men who are appointed to be shepherds slash pastors, who really are shepherds, who really are faithful shepherds, then thank God for those leaders and submit to them and follow them as they follow Jesus. I'm talking about men like the guys on our elder team. I'm talking about men like Brian Cross, like Ronnie Lau, like Will Langdon, like Matt Rice, like David Amon. I can tell you, because I know these guys, that here you have a good shepherd, Jesus Christ, and you also have faithful under-shepherds at this church who love you, who pray for you, and who care for you. So number two, follow faithful shepherds. And number three, and Ben, you can go ahead and come back out. Bring other sheep to the good shepherd. Bring other sheep to the good shepherd. This is the second week of a series we're calling The King's Mission. Do you know that a good shepherd, a faithful shepherd, not only feeds and protects and guides the sheep that are with him and his flock, but when there's a sheep who goes astray, and gets themselves caught or gets themselves lost or gets cornered by a predator, a good shepherd not only cares for the sheep in his flock, he also goes after the lost sheep to bring them back into the fold. My friends, listen to me, because this is the key to understanding the mission that Jesus is on and the mission he wants us to be a part of. 
Jesus Christ is on a mission to find his lost sheep, lost sheep in your family, in your neighborhood, in your community, in your office, in your school, lost sheep that you pass by at Target or at Harris Teeter or Lowe's. Jesus is on a mission to find those lost sheep and bring them back to himself. And as we, if we call ourselves as disciples of Jesus, Jesus is on this mission as we follow Jesus, following Jesus, and this is the whole theme for, for our entire series. You're gonna hear this over and over again on repeat. Following Jesus means following him on his mission to find and to rescue his lost sheep. Following Jesus means following him on his mission. Now, I don't want you to miss this because I think this is very important for how we view this mission. How many of you, and you don't have to raise your hand, but how many of you, when you think about things like mission or things like talking to others about your faith, or things like helping people who are in need. How many of you kind of shrink back from that because you're thinking, oh my gosh, if I, if I try to help these people, or if I try to share my faith with these people, they're gonna see that I'm not perfect. Has anybody ever felt that way before? What this is telling us, if we are sheep who need a shepherd, even after We've come to find our good shepherd. Even as we follow our good shepherd, we are still sheep who continue to need a shepherd. When I go and I share my faith with somebody else, the way we do that, the way you should do that is not, hey, look how awesome I am. You know how I got this way? Jesus. You wanna be awesome like me? Go to Jesus. That's what, that's what did it for me. That's not the way we go about this mission. The way we follow Jesus on mission to rescue his lost sheep is instead to say, look how weak I am. Look how helpless I am. Look how messed up I am. Look at how stubborn I am. Come with me. I know where the good shepherd is. Let's follow him together because neither of us can survive without him. Church family, do you want to follow Jesus on this mission? Do you want to? 